Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Veda. And I'm Christina, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 4, The Swamp. Such a perfect episode for Halloween week. Yes, we're recording it the week before Halloween, and it was very spooky and supernaturally, so... I watched it today and it was pouring rain. So it was also just like it added to the whole mystique yes. and mood. Very swampy, very foggy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's up? How's it going? It's going well. Um, just chilling, I think. I don't know. How was your voting experience? Oh, yes. I went voting. Um, the first day you could go voting. So this past Saturday. First, day, it's the first day you can go voting in New York, at least, and it was really, really long. Um, some people waited online for three plus hours, but I only was online for a little over two, which I was like, I "Oh, still think that's crazy." I think I'm it like- is crazy too. But it, knowing that people were waiting online for so long, I was like, "Oh, that was pretty quick." Like, I don't know. I had a book. I was talking to people online. Yeah. It wasn't too bad, but I also had nowhere to go. You know what I mean? I plan to be online all day. And it is crazy that, like, it's it's taking forever. Just open more voting stations. Like, I, I just think sometimes I'm like, what? Like, it, we are, we are normalizing it because in some way it, it feels good to see all these people coming out to vote and, like, seeing that community happen. So you're like, oh, that's awesome. But then also at the same time, you're like, what's happening? Like, it yeah. should not be this crazy to vote. Like, it should just, there should just be more stations. Yeah, voter suppression. Right? Like this is uh, awkward. Like when we're we're in New York, where you probably know that it's going to go for Biden, but like in states, in certain states where like there is like redlining and things like that and like very apparent like voter suppression, like people must be on line for like multiple hours and can you believe if we didn't have early voting everyone was just voting november 3rd the way they're doing it like that's freaking wild yeah i'm like uh no one would actually be able to vote properly because we'd be in line the whole day yeah and like who can take off that one day like it really doesn't make sense for us to have one day to vote people have different schedules and things like that like everyone should get the day everyone should get the day off and and there should just be like much more, many more like voting stations. I guess and normally yeah. there I is, think, but not. I, not my whole this. thing with like, oh, you need more, like you, everyone needs to be off. Like it just isn't realistic for everyone to be yeah, off this true. one day. Like there are like people in the hospital, there, there are like healthcare workers or just like other like essential workers that just can't get the day off. That's why you need like a whole week. So that per- a person should have at least one day off where they can take the time to go and vote. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope they keep this early voting thing for forever. Yeah, I so I went away this weekend. I went to a cabin in Frenchtown, and it it was so much fun. It was really nice to have a break, and it was on this like pretty large piece of land. So there was a house, and then there was a cabin and then there's like two chicken coops and a big lake so it was really fun and in the morning you know the chickens run in they have a few dogs who were swimming it was super idyllic it was just nice to be in a different location you know I feel like I was getting stuck into a routine and I think sometimes it's just when you're stuck in that mindset it's bad for your mental health so it was good to shake things up a little bit 
it was super fun. But since I went away, even though I'm kind of in a bubble with the people I went with, I just wanted to be careful and get tested this week. Um, but I'm like, oh, every testing site's a mile away and I have to take oh, the really? train in the morning, I guess. I like, oh, it's such a pain. You don't have any urgent cares near you to do it? Everything's or... a mile away. Oh, that's annoying. <laughs> you know what you should do? It's – you. Well, I guess I went to an urgent care to get tested. I got my test results really quickly, but a lot of times I would do like the drive-through kind of thing. You should just you should just get an Uber, wear your mask, and get an Uber. And be like, I'm gonna get tested. Like, bring me through this. I'm joking. Don't do that because that puts like the tester at risk, oh the god. driver at risk. Would that be really really be funny? Like, oh my god, what? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, but to solve your problem, why don't you just uh, do like a city bike? And like, yeah, I could probably do, I should probably do a city bike. I think that's a good idea. I think I want to go in the morning. Um, But CVS does testing, but you have to like have symptoms to get tested. So when I filled out the form, they were like, sorry, you can't get tested unless you want to pay $135. Bye. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I'll be going to urgent care. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So yeah. Do you want to dive into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. So yeah, this episode is, you know, the 24th episode of the entire series and it originally aired April 14th, 2006. Wow. Yeah. It was also directed by Giancarlo Volpe. Oh. Like, cool name. Um, I feel like he did a good job of, you know, creating a scary movie feel for the episode. Yeah. It's so fitting because of Halloween. <laughs> loved it yeah and this episode really explores all of the supernatural elements of the avatar world it's also so spiritual and i don't know what is with me but like i was kind of getting emotional watching this today yeah the we'll talk about it when we come to it but i i agree with that as well and the, so the episode opens with Zuko and Iroh and, you know, they're on the run. They're refugees. They're with their stolen animal. And they're just laying on the street begging for coins. And obviously Zuko is embarrassed. Yeah. But did you notice in the very, like, very beginning of the scene, there's a guy that is, like, pushing a cart right in front of them. Like, it cuts to, like, this guy, like, pushing a cart and you see Zuko and Iroh on the street begging. Did you notice what's on his cart? No, I don't think I even noticed the cart. I was just, no, what was on it? It was the blue spirit mask. It had a bunch of masks and one of them was the blue spirit oh mask. Oh my God, like, it's a sign. Where's Waldo? I'm the best at it. <laughs> I love that stuff. That's so cool. Yeah, it's a little, what, what do they call it in the Disney world? Like Mickey Mouses or whatever? Easter eggs? I mean, I guess Easter, Easter eggs, eggs is the right, right term. Yeah. But, yeah. Easter eggs. I didn't know if it was like particular to Disney or whatever. So yeah, it was a little Easter egg. Do that all the time. Drop some clues for the way that the episode is going to unravel. Yeah, because um, it's kind of fitting that they have the blue spirit like in the beginning of the episode because we see him at the end of the episode. Yep, and that it really ties together. Yeah, and this episode we you know we only see Zuko and Iroh in the very beginning of this episode, and then only at the very end. So it's like. Um, Mm-hmm. And that's a different structure for the show. Usually, I feel like they don't really. Act, I I'm not sure, but I feel like they haven't used the book ending technique before. It's usually I don't like think they, I think this is the one episode where they do it. Yeah, I want to say I think that's um, also why this episode feels really unique. Because they're usually doing that split takes, right? Because they're just mm-hmm. the way that they're telling Iroh and Zuko's story, especially in season one, is that 
they're in and out of each other's lives. So this is interesting. But yeah, I guess yeah, I really liked it. Zuko's journey is so different right now. Like the place he is right now is so different than season one. And yeah, oh, for sure. He's on the corner begging with Iroh. And sometimes I'm like, how does Iroh have this continual positivity? I think it's because he knows what really matters. And it's about like the people in his life. And the people he cares about is Zuko. So as long as Zuko's nearby, I think he's fine. I think once he lost his son, you know, he realized what was most important. Mm -hmm. And because he lost his son, he's able to have that, you know, happy-go-lucky mentality because things could always be worse. Yeah. But Zuko hasn't experienced that really, right? So he he needs to grow and learn and realize what's really important. So they're begging – and someone actually, you know, they show how Iroh and Zuko are interacting with the people in the town. They take their money, you know, Iroh's like, give a smile. Zuko is not having it. And then this guy comes up to them and is like, okay, like, let's see a performance in exchange for a gold coin. And basically, he humiliates Iroh and Iroh partakes in it. He sings a song. He kind of dances around while the it's guy a like... long, long way to, to Boston the girls in the city they look so bad. I actually love that song. <laughs> Apparently, it's like based off of like an old English song called It's a long way to temporary so fun fact <laughs> yeah i mean this is like this guy's such a douchebag like he yeah. he's basically making fun of iroh for being fat and old and just you know just tormenting him for his pleasure kind of reminds me do you remember when there there was a maybe in the early 2000s there was this thing where people would just like beat up homeless people and it was called what? like yeah and it was and people would record it i <gasps> think it was like called like bum bashing or something that is horrible yeah. oh my goodness that's that ha- that's a, that has to be illegal right that's it, disgusting. i mean it was but it, it became like some sort of like internet phenomena where people were doing this and like uploading the videos on youtube and like that's people disgusting. got followings of it watching it i was like oh my god i feel like this guy would partake in that because yeah he's tormenting him for fun and iroh iroh is doing it i don't know why he's doing it maybe he doesn't see it the nastiness of his request i mean he calls him the he once a guy leaves he says oh what a kind man like he's not a kind Kind man man. at all yeah and zuko is just like what are you doing he doesn't want to see his uncle be humiliated i felt very much like zuko thinking like oh i'm embarrassed for iroh myself (laughs) like he should not be having to do this so I, i i get why zuko and and Zuko knows his uncle, so yeah. he's like, he's not going to say no, but in this case, he should say no. So we now cut over to the gang, and it's kind of a weird vibe. Everyone's just kind of hanging out on Appa. They're all in their own little worlds. Like Sokka is sharpening his knife, Katara's reading, and Aang is just staring down at like the trees below. He's kind of zoning out, mm-hmm. and because he's zoning out, they're kind of flying downwards, and Sokka finally notices and is like dude like why are we going down and he's like actually I feel like the swamp is calling to me and Aang wants to land on the swamp especially because uh, after talking to Boomy in the last episode of Return to Omashu Boomy was saying like you really need to find an earthbender that listens and strikes and so he feels like the earth is actually like 
talking to him and he wants to listen, he shouldn't ignore it. You know, yeah. that's like the beginning steps of his earthbending. But um, I thought that was so cool. And I've never seen yeah. this aspect for Aang where he's feeling so connected to the elements that he can hear it. Yeah. And it, it creates this sort of like mystical feeling already in the episode that Aang is tapped into something else. But yeah. Sokka, Appa even, and Katara are getting an ominous feeling from the swamp and they're like let's not land here it's not worth it like let's yeah, go and, let's leave and is like well if everyone feels so strongly about it let's go bye swamp i <laughs> thought that was really cute like very like childlike and he's very much like a he's not combative at all like and will do whatever whatever anyone else wants so yeah. they're trying to leave but suddenly a tornado appears and it's sweeping them in. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to get away, but the tornado is sucking them in. It actually like catches Sokka. Sokka almost goes into that tornado, but fortunately Katara and Aang are able to like pull him. And that's a and, theme like, throughout the episode. Sokka keeps getting s- oh, sucked Sokka's into. the worst and in this episode. I know. <laughs> he keeps getting sucked into things or stuck to things. There's just another, yeah, another piece of foreshadowing in this episode. Yeah, and Aang is trying to airbend to protect them using, like, the air ball that he typically creates. Um, but Appa's foot gets out of that air ball, and it sucks them all into this tornado, and they all separate and fall down. So we have, like, Aang, Katara, and Sokka together, and then Appa, Momo, somewhere else. We don't know where they are. Um, so Aang is basically trying to airbend to protect them all, but Appa's foot kind of gets out of that uh air bubble that Aang typically creates and so they all actually end up getting sucked into that tornado and they all separate and fall down so we have the gang together we have Sokka, Katara and Aang all together but they can't find Appa and Momo um, when they land finally land in the swamp Um, and when we look at the swamp it's very very spooky and foggy and it has like this supernatural vibe to it everything is dark blues and greens and there's vines and trees and roots everywhere plus like the deep water moss and also some sort of smoke and fog in the air yeah and it's funny because when they first land there's a leech on Sokka and like Katara Pup points it out she's like there's something attached to you and Sokka yells out why do things keep attaching to me and that's a callback to the last episode in return to Omashu when all those purple pentapus um all those purple pentapuses were stuck to uh Sokka when they were going <laughs> Honestly, through that sewer in Omashu <laughs> I feel Sokka in this because some some blood types you know they just get a lot of insects attracted to them like I can be sitting outside with a bunch of people, but I'm the only one getting eaten and devoured by mosquitoes. And like my friend next to me is completely fine. So yeah, the one with the sweetest blood gets screwed because like it's only one person get that gets attacked. It's not like three people are like with so many bugs. It's only one and it stinks for that one person. So, <laughs> so we actually catch up with Appa and Momo and they are trapped the trees and the vines have tied Appa up and he's like between these two plants and it looks like a trap at first I was like oh is there is that a net but no it's actually the vines and Momo he's smaller obviously so climbs (laughs) out and he's trying to chew them free yeah and it's actually like you see how thick the forest you see how thick the forest is um, and the writers really want to show how thick like that canopy was like in the swamp to just make sh- make it 
clear that it's impossible for Appa to fly away and go and search for the rest of the gang. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Sokka is like, okay, we need to find Appa and Momo, so let's just continue to dig and cut down these vines so we can get deeper into the swamp and into the trees so we can find our crew and then we can leave. Yeah, but like... Ang and Katara are both like, can you be a little more gentle? Like, yeah, he's like there's... hacking the vines with the machete. He's very aggressive. And like the rest of the gang is like, it's something feels like alive in the swamp. Like you shouldn't be so aggressive. And Sokka's just dismissing them like he does the entire episode and keeps chopping things down with his machete. It's like he just got it and he wants to play with his new toy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, listen to them. There's obviously some sort of spiritual element. And you would think that after what he went through with you, and seeing the mystical and spirit world that actually exists and has seen proof of it he would be a little bit more sensitive but he's dismissing them he thinks that they're talking about magic and like he's like it doesn't make sense but there is something watching the gang and we as the viewer can see that something is looking at them through the trees Mm -hmm. so finally momo and appa are able to escape out of the vines and they're also trying to leave the swamp um, and this part is so cute because Momo's in the driver's seat <laughs> of Appa <laughs> and trying to motivate Appa to move and using the whistle to keep motivating him. And Appa is not having it at all and like whips him with whips Momo with his tail. I thought that was so funny. It's so it's cute. I, I love seeing just the interactions between Appa and Momo because they're so cute and they have such a great dynamic, even though we have no clue what they're saying to one another. And I love that they have their own segment solo segment in this episode yeah like instead of us cutting over to Zuko and Ira we're cutting over to Appa and Momo instead super cute yeah so the swamp is you know it's getting darker and it's really foggy and the gang still can't find Momo and Appa and Sokka's like listen let's just like camp for the night we'll figure it out but everyone like Katara and Aang are spooked out they are not having it they know that something's up um, there's something alive in this swamp that's and like watching them or yeah. it's crazy. But Sokka's like, no, no, no. Like he's such a non-believer. He's like, nothing's going to attack us. We're the only ones here. But then we hear this like crazy, we see this bird and that bird is screaming and it sounds like a human. And then everyone gets scared. They're all like huddled together. Yeah, like, of course you scared. hear a human screech in the middle of the night in a dark swamp surrounded by fog. Like, yeah, you're going to be scared. This is Blair yeah. Witch Project vibes. very much so yeah and so you know Sokka's like oh let's like make camp let's build a fire so to build a fire guess what you need to chop down some trees so what is Sokka doing he's being aggressive and chopping things down yeah and it's like dude like calm calm down calm down um Katara comes in and she's like I'm getting the feeling that we're being watched here yeah, and Sokka's like, there's no way we're gonna like we're all alone, no one's here, and he fly or a lightning bug is flying in front of his face as he responds to Katara and he flings it away. And as he flings it, that little lightning bug bug lights up and you can see eyes all in the forest watching them. So and they're it's not super, really super super creepy. Yeah, and like the entire gang is frightened and they're all hugging together and like trying to protect each other. While something is watching them, very scary. And there's so many unknowns in the swamp. All these eyes, these creatures, these monsters. There's there's something there. 
And Appa is trying to sleep in a tree on the other side of the swamp. And the night animals, those eyes that we saw, are really loud. There's tons of animals in the swamp. And the biggest thing is Momo. Momo is running all over Appa. And I feel like if I was Appa, I'd be so, I'd be more annoyed at Momo than I would at the creatures because like he keeps on running around. And I think Appa I'm... isn't bothered by the creatures. Appa's bothered by Momo. Momo's yeah, bothered by the creatures. Yeah. And Appa growls and the noise stops. Which is fortunate for Momo. Now Momo can finally sleep. It shows that there's some energy, right? Like, I think that's the sound of the animals, the fog, the eyes. Like, it really drives home the point that something is watching them. Something's trailing them. And this gets developed even further when we see the vines act like tentacles crawling down through the swampy water and starts to tie up the gang and slowly dragging them further into the fog. And Sokka tries to fight it. Yeah, I like that it grabs Sokka first. Like, they're all, like, standing up trying to fall asleep, which must be very, very hard, but they need to keep a watch out because there is something crazy in the woods. And I like that the first person it grabs is Sokka because he's the one being a jerk in the woods, and he's the non-believer. So I'm happy yeah. that it got to Sokka first. Of course, and I think, you know, it, it knows. It's been watching Sokka, so they're like, let's get this one. Yeah. And Sokka... You know, he starts to fight it with his machete and Aang also is getting pulled in and Katara is trying to fight it with waterbending and she manages to escape. And then Aang uses airbending and he also manages to escape and Sokka fights it with the machete and finally escapes as well. So now they're separated again, the three of them. We got to wherever... Momo and Appa are and we see that there's some swamp people actually and they find Appa's huge footprints and they're kind of wondering what like what are these footprints and these, these people these swamp people they have these super southern accents they have I these, love like this. leaves yeah I think I don't know if it's like canon or I don't know if it's accurate super accurate or what the writers intended but a lot of people think that these people are based off of the Vietnamese immigrants that are in Louisiana because Louisiana is you know swampland and there you know it's has a very very like close tie to like a Louisiana vibe there is actually a pretty big Vietnamese community in Louisiana and I actually learned this fact from dating around Oh, that's funny. <laughs> on Netflix. Oh, okay. Because um, that's like the latest season, right? Yeah, they like had one in, in they had one in New Orleans and they had one uh with like a Viet couple and their conversation well, they weren't a couple, but you know what it mean. They went on a date. Yeah. The conversation was actually really interesting and um kind of awkward too because What a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was awkward because the guy kept imitating his mom's Viet accent, like to his mm-hmm. date. Like and I was just like, even if you're Asian, I feel like you shouldn't do that. You know, like, oh, I don't know. I do that a lot, though. Maybe do that's you? not. Yeah. I don't know. I always feel like it's weird. It's I don't know. I was like, watch, rewatch, watch. If you watch the episode, tell me what you think. If you yeah. feel like it's awkward. But I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe they do it in a weird way. But I feel like all people like imitate their moms no matter what they sound like. They could be like from Long Island and they'll be like, oh, you know, my mom is just so crazy. She's like, get in the car and then we're going to make the coffee and we're going to do this. You know, like. It doesn't matter, like, what they're... It could be, like... I feel like it was fine when he was or... doing it with the other Asian date, but then I felt weird when he was doing it to his white date. And I think it was also the other parts of the conversation around it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
off topic, but in, yeah. but tied, you know, kind of tied to this. Yeah. Um, but I loved how they're illustrated. Like I like they the characters have really expressive faces and it's just they're just so funny. Yeah, they are really funny. I learned. I feel like I learned about there was a huge Vietnamese uh, community in Louisiana through like a YouTube video. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Oh, really? So when I was watching, yeah. And so it's like uh, I think it was like a food youtube video and it was just talking about like that um fusion of cajun food and vietnamese food probably in bomb, that region. Honestly. yeah i'm sure um and yeah so it was really cool to see like oh they're in louisiana like maybe it's based off of that i thought that was a fun a fun thing that they did because <laughs> just... and they even have alligator or catigators right it's a catfish <laughs> and an alligator <laughs> which i thought was really cute <laughs> um and they're well anyway they're trying to hunt it you know and they're yeah, like this so thing the- looks huge it's probably going to be a big meal sounds like dinner um and then we cut over to appa and momo swimming and momo is just like he's so frantic there's no way he'd survive without appa with him so momo's like momo's chasing like a fly and he it looks like he's landing on a rock but he actually lands on this like alligator figure, a catigator, which is, as we said, a catfish and an alligator combined. And fortunately, Momo like flies back over to Appa and Appa's able, able to scare it away. Um, fortunately, because we all know Momo would be dead in a second if he was all by himself. Yeah, because Momo's <laughs> going to take some mad risks, I think. And it's good that he has this huge creature that can scare a lot of the other animals in the swamp. Yeah, that's for sure. from its size. Sheer size, yeah. So Katara's alone, and she's wandering in this more beautiful part of the swamp, I think, because of the flowers. Yeah, there's these, like, flowers, yeah. Yeah. And also the lighting, it it seems like it feels a little bit more spiritual or, yeah, pretty and less scary like the other areas that they were. And she sees someone standing there, and she's looking at it and she calls out to the figure standing in the distance she thinks it's her mother and she's so moved by the image of her mother standing there and she thinks it's real she runs towards it crying and then she realizes that it's a mirage or it's yeah a it's like a tree stump yeah, yeah like, so she runs towards it like taps the image and she realizes it's just a tree stump and then that makes her like fall to the ground crying because it makes her so upset and I thought this was very very moving just that scene of her in this huge area alone crying to herself missing her mom I really I know everyone makes fun of Katara for like being sad about her mom but she has every right though fun of it because yeah it's it's her grief right and yeah see how pain she is um but yeah, so we can start to tell that there's something weird going on in the swamp. Yeah, and then we cut to Sokka, and he's, you know, just swinging his machete all around, and he sees an image, and it looks just like Yue, and Yue is just kind of above the ground, Floating. just like she was when she first uh, became the moon spirit. And Sokka's like, the non believer he is, is like, you know what? This isn't real, this is a trick. This is like the swamp gas. This is the light. Mm-hmm. But then the mirage of Yue actually speaks to him and says, you didn't protect me, Sokka. And Sokka is so distraught and he turns away from the image and is looking down. He's like, this isn't real. But he looks up and Yue is face to face with him, staring at him. And it's super scary. It really that is. cut. It's straight out of a scary movie. Um, but he falls back and he grabs his machete and just keeps going. And I thought it was so interesting that difference between 
Katara seeing her mom going to the ground and crying and Sokka dismissing it and just grabbing his machete and moving on, you know? He's he, really trying to make sure it doesn't impact him that much. But also, I feel like he's never actually had a chance to grieve what happened with UA. Like, I think oh, his, for sure. his way of handling these emotions is just burying it deep. Hyper-masculinity, like, yeah. right? Like, and not like, being in tune with it. <laughs> let's keep going. Let's keep going. And yeah. he... It obviously impacted it, him though, but he's just trying to not deal with it, not touch it, not not dive into that emotion. Yeah, which is kind of sad because, you know, he should really tune into that side of himself. Aang has a very different experience, although he still sees a vision. And it's one of a young girl and she's so bright and playful and she's playing with the flying boar and she's running and laughing and she's she's white. Like she's basically a portal of light. And mm-hmm. he's attracted to it. And he's like, who is this person? And he follows her. And it seems like they're interacting and playing with each other. But he can't For like, reach yeah. her. Yeah. And he's like, I want to see you. He's like, stop moving. Like, he's like calling to her to like yeah. meet with her. And she keeps running around. So. And he's swinging through the vines in the in the woods. And so like suddenly the swamp has a very different feel. Yeah. Then it did. It's a lot more magical. Mm-hmm. But we cut over to Ap and Momo, and they run into the swamp people. Dun dun dun. <laughs> um, they're like, you know, eye to eye with each other, like it's like a face off. And the swamp people are, you know, what is that thing controlling the big animal? And the other guy's like, oh, it's a lemu. I saw it at a circus <laughs> once. And the other guy's like, oh, I hope it tastes like possum chicken. Like, it's such a funny interaction because this episode isn't that funny. So having the comic relief of the swamp people is great. You know, The swamp I mean? people were cracking me up, though. So I still call this a funny episode in my mind because just the way <laughs> that they're characterized, the accents, the callback to like Louisiana and the South and just like it seems so different than the other types yeah. of people that we've met, you know, and it's, I think it's just- I like it though. I like that change because a lot of, a lot of the other cultures are based off of, you know, Eastern cultures and it's cool to see something that's a little more Western, mm-hmm. especially because it's a Western show at the end of the day. Yeah. But, um, you know, Appa and Momo decide to actually run away from the swamp people. Good choice since these people want to eat them. <laughs> and it's funny because, um, you know, they're running away and Momo's like throwing things at them. And one of the things that Momo throws at the swamp people is this crown and that crown is from the blue spirit episode remember when he they remember when Katara wanted him to get water and instead yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he brought him everything else and he gave Katara a crown and put it on her head he threw that iconic <laughs> I love that I love that callback yeah um, but was... while they're running around we see that actually the swamp people are waterbenders because so they cool. waterbend over to chase them it was like what like the first time you watch it you're like oh wow that's so wild you wouldn't think that at all yeah, I love that they're benders and it's they also move in a really funny way like when they're moving uh their hands to get the canoes to travel through the swamp yeah, it's like very straight lines right like yeah. they look like windmills kind of it's a really cool a thing to watch style. I loved yeah. it and I think it's such a fun reveal that they're there are waterbenders in the swamp. It makes sense, though. They're in a swamp. Like, yeah. everything's made out of water. So it makes sense that, like, if people from, like, I'm guessing that there are people from, like, the northern water tribe. Some people went to the southern water tribe. Some people went found this swamp and they stayed there. And they're yeah. like, oh, this is all water. This they're is like, fine. I'm like over this, the cold. <laughs> I like this temperate climate. And I like yeah. the, you know, I like the little Cajun flavor to the waterbending. <laughs> Yeah, it's Cajun flavor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
So Aang is still trying to follow this mysterious girl, this vision that he has, and the visions lead them all together. So he runs into Katara and Sokka as well, and they're all like, oh, we've been looking for you. Like, I was looking for you, I was looking for you. But Aang was like, oh, I'm happy to see you guys, but I was actually looking for a girl. Katara and was Katara a was jealous. even like, what girl? <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, they did kiss like two episodes ago. I know. So. <laughs> Katara was like, oh, you know, I think I saw my mom. And Sokka's like, it's just our minds playing tricks on us. And he's like, yeah. I had a vision too. I thought I saw UA, but it doesn't make sense. You know, they're just visions. It's just we're hungry. It's the fog. He's making excuses. Yeah, Again, he doesn't even really admit that like he saw UA. He was like, the, the, the swamp is playing tricks on all of us mm-hmm. guitar goes all of us and she goes okay fine i had a vision too <laughs> like he doesn't even want to admit it i thought that was an interesting way he, he gives it. a yeah that's so true and he gives a little bit of leeway being like oh we're thinking about them right like you're always thinking about mom so it makes sense mm-hmm. that you would see her and like i lost you a so it makes sense that i would see her like we we just miss them and our minds are yeah. playing tricks on us but angus like that doesn't make sense for me because I saw someone I don't even know, but he, Aang believed in the magic because he's like, our visions led us to the center of the swamp, the heart of the swamp. And it's calling them there. Yeah. And Sokka doesn't believe it at all. He literally, like, what is wrong with this boy? He's so, so he needs to be a believer. (laughs) It's being so difficult. But, you know, suddenly while they're, Sokka's like, oh, this is all fake. We're all, it's, none of this is real. A suddenly a swamp creature kind of jumps up a out monster. of the water and scares the gang. And I think that's the point when Sokka's like, oh my gosh, this could be real. And the creature is covered in moss and he has this crazy wooden head and the monster's just attacking all of them. He whips Aang and Sokka away, but Katara's able to really do some cool water bending here. She's um, you know, freezes the water and pushes Sokka out of the monster because Sokka was like getting sucked in basically yeah. to this monster. Just but like in the tornado. Was, yeah. Yeah. And she was able to like freeze that area and push him out. This and she is was cool also bending. slicing him. It was really cool. She was just trying to slice him up. Uh, it didn't work because this monster, when parts of the monster are hit, like Katara hit the monster and like part of him was hurt, just is able to grow back, which I thought was really interesting. And- um, It looks like an a character from like an old 70s type uh, sci-fi movie. Like it looks like someone from Alien. Yeah. I like how the creature was designed. Um, I like that it, it regrows and it's using the the swamp itself, like the vines and things like that. But Katara's bending was awesome. I it She's was so improved cool. so much. She is a waterbending master. I know. She, I mean, she's killing it. Also, yeah. side note, we once we cut back to the... Uh, swamp people i just love that banjo music that bluegrass that comes on every anytime they're in the scene like i just love it it adds to the comedic effect and really shows the change of tone from like the ominous uh ominous music and vibrations that we got earlier in the episode so the banjo music comes on we're back to appa and momo they're still being chased but the hunters actually capture momo and put him in a bag yeah, and they catch him so easily. Like, I think Appa was just, like, running, and Momo was on top, and they hit a tree, and Momo got hit by that tree, and he just flew straight into the bag. And I was <laughs> like, oh, no. 
Katara and Aang actually save Sokka from the creature and, you know, they're fighting. Um, Katara, like we said, was fighting this guy. And while she's slicing him up, like we know that the creature is regrowing. But in the middle of the the creature regrowing, we see that someone's actually inside of the monster and Sokka calls that out. He's like, there's someone inside bending the bending the vines. Um, and Aang is able to like, you know, uses airbending to basically like reveal this man i think he made him or katara like slices the man like the man's like wooden face in half mm-hmm. and then ang is able to airbend the vines away and the man is revealed and ang is like what is your problem you called us to your swamp and now you're trying to kill us and the and man's the man like i didn't like, call you here yeah <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? And then Sokka's like, listen, weird stuff like this happens to us all the time. We're with the Avatar. And then the man is like, ooh, the Avatar. Let me show you something. Um, (laughs) So the man leads them to this enormous banyan tree that's in the center of the swamp. And he explains who he is. He says- And he's not a monster. (laughs) Yeah, he's not a monster, but he's just doing his job. He's- there to protect the swamp from people who are trying to hurt it, like ahem, Sokka. Sokka. The only reason they got into that fight is because of Sokka being so harsh and aggressive. Like, dude, I know. This is all your fault. <laughs> so the man, his name is Who, and he says that he he also felt called to the swamp. So when he hears that the Avatar felt that same emotion, I think that's what causes him to open up. And he sat and meditated under the banyan tree, and he received information that he needed to protect the swamp he also saw saw and understood all the connectivity because the entire swamp is just one tree all the roots all the vines spread over hundreds and hundreds of miles and the swamp depicts the way that the world is as well everyone is connected to each other we're all breathing together we're all one we're all branches from the same tree because we have the same roots. I just thought this mm-hmm. was such a beautiful way of expressing this concept, this like deep eternal connection of all people. And yeah, especially right now, like their world is so divided. That sense of connection is basically lost. Everyone's in these like specific nations. No one is yeah. seeing everyone hates each other from all the other nations. <laughs> yeah. And they're dividing it and cutting it and separating it and breaking the connect, the interconnectivity that we all have. And wow, mm-hmm. this like swamp man is so smart, wise and peaceful. I really liked him. He had some good, good quotes, good takes. I'm into this guy. <laughs> Me too. And it was, it's just such, it's so beautiful. And he also says that, um, I mean, swamp- he is like Buddha. Sorry. Yeah, he he is. is like Buddha because, you know, they actually based him, you know, being under a banyan tree and coming to enlightenment off of Buddha because Buddha gained enlightenment under a Bodhi tree at one point. So I like that all these connections in the episode. Yeah, it's beautiful. And he also explains a little bit more about the swamp. He says that it is mystical. So Katar mm-hmm. and Hing were totally right. And the swamp provides people with visions of people that they've lost or people that they miss because it wants to underline the fact that we are connected to each other. So if we Like you're have still lost connected someone, to those people. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, if you've lost them, they're still within you. you. Their memory lives within you and they're still there. We're still connected to them. 
I really love that. I think that's Me so too. beautiful. And it's a great way to think about if you've lost someone, like there's still a part of you, they're still with you. Yeah. And um, it's a great way to think especially about grief for Katara. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He also says that time in the swamp, it shows us that time is an illusion because of these visions, because we see people who may be gone. And it also shows us that death is an illusion because the people that are lost, they still live within the living. Their memories are there and they also, their spirit is there and connected to us all. Reminds me of Coco. Do you ever watch that Disney movie? I actually never saw it. I haven't seen a lot of newer Disney movies. It's so, Coco is so good, but it's about, you know, the dead like it's about like the dias de los muertos or whatever so it's mm-hmm. all about like respecting and honoring your ancestors and that there's a whole idea of like you reach the final death when the last person on earth doesn't have your memory anymore which i thought mm-hmm. was really like that's cool. so beautiful and it's like it's yeah. tied to this but it's really sad too <laughs> but ang is confused and he asks about his vision because it's not someone that he's met before or lost and he's like it's my vision of someone that I don't know who it is. And the man, you know, reminds him like time is an illusion. So Aang realizes, oh my gosh, this is a vision of someone that I will meet. He's still connected that to that person them. is ve- oh, that person is very, very important. Yes. We'll meet this person in a couple of episodes. Are excited. <laughs> and it just shows that like things are faded also in a way, like their connection between each other is faded. That's why he has a sense of this person in, in the swamp. The whole thing is really mm-hmm. beautiful. I loved this moment. I loved uh, the spirituality that was in this episode and the way that it was explained. Like, wow, this is a kid show. And like, I don't know, sometimes you just need to hear that time is an illusion and death is an illusion. Yeah. That's, that's very it's a true. good reminder. <laughs> yeah. But Aang um, realizes that everything in the swamp is connected, right? So he's like, oh, that means I can use the roots to communicate with Appa and Momo and be able to see where they are. So he places his hands on the roots and he gets uh, like a vision, like a picture of, of the fact that they're being trapped by these swamp people and they're being captured by them. So he's like, oh, I know where they are. Let's go save them. Mm-hmm. Which is very important because um the the swamp people have both now appa and momo captured right they have momo in the bag literally and they have mm-hmm. appa like chain like in a net basically um so ang and the gang they kind of go and rescue momo and appa and you know they start to like water bend because there's so much water around and the swamp people are doing the same they're water bending as well and katara's like oh my gosh you guys are water benders what <laughs> like she was freaking out like we were earlier in a scene and then the swamp people were like oh my god we're kin and katara's like oh gross but it also <laughs> that ties directly back to what just happened in the last scene we're all I connected know. we're all from the same room <laughs> it's so good while like this is all happening who shows up right the wise man and the swamp people are like hey who how you been like it's such like southern talk like hey how you I been what's it. up what's good you know and the, the who is just like oh you know the typical scared some people swung some vines like i just love that uh the way that they talk to each other it's so funny and of course it's so cute being the hospitable swamp people that they are they invite the gang over for dinner <laughs> and this is just so funny um just seeing the swamp people there and like the northern the southern water tribes of like 
Sokka and Katara and Aang are just hanging out. And, you know, the Swamp people are like, you know, it's so great to see you guys and like learning more about them. And Sokka and Katara are just like, why aren't you just eating those like catagators? They're all over the place. That's easy food. And the Swamp people are like, are you kidding me? This is Slim. This is my pet. He's one of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> and instead they're eating these huge bugs because bugs are people food. Um, but it's funny because the gator's name is Slim and that's actually one of the names of the creator's dogs. So, so cute. one of our creators of Avatar The Last Airbender has a dog named Slim, which is actually a great dog name. I, I know. I was going to be like, I want to steal it. <laughs> I know. And they're just kind of like Sokka and Katara are talking about like, oh, we're from the South Pole. Like there's like yeah, and the swamp. They're like, oh, do you guys have a great swamp there? I love that. And they're like, no, it's just like ice and snow. And they're like, oh, gross. No wonder you left. And that's such a like I went to school in the South and people in the South are like horrified of like cold weather at all. So it's also so fitting that these swamp people are like, oh, my gosh, coldness. Gross. <laughs> like it's very true to Southern character. But it's funny because, like, I just kept imagining, like, people, the people who came and started the family here and started the life here and then how they have their own culture, you know, like this yeah. new immigrant culture. It's so cool. It is really cool. I really like it makes sense for them to come there. They're like, it's cold. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to go to the southern water tribe. There's a bunch of water here. Like, let's just stay. Um and while they're talking, you know, Sokka's like, listen, these people are very kind and they're the reason why all this weird stuff happened. And it's kind of interesting because we had that cut between Appa and Momo with the Swamp People and like the banjo music. Like nothing seemed that creepy. But with the gang, everything was ominous. There was fog. It was mystical. And it's so interesting that that scary place is the home of someone else. You know what I mean? I know. It, it's pretty funny. Um, but Sokka's like, listen, everything makes sense. Like, who was in the was the person kind of hanging out with us? Everything makes sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense is the tornado. Um, and who was like, I didn't do that. So there's kind of like, ooh, it is scary here. And we do see that the swamp is alive because we see that crazy bird again yelling and the swamp smacks him away. So yeah, I, I love that. I, it, it is. Yeah, it is really interesting thinking like, you know, this is a scary place that some people are like, yep, this th we're staying here. This is fine. Um, and if you think about it, like, why would you go to the Southern Water Shrine and be like, oh, ice, this is fine. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean it's so interesting why people stay where they are. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I like that the writers and directors wanted to just tie the fact in that there is magic, right? Like there is some yeah. sort of mystical thing in here. So Sokka can explain everything away, but there's a little hint left over to the audience to be like, "Is yeah. he's probably I mean, wrong. It's a show about like the avatar and earthbending yeah. and all this mystical stuff. So like, where is that point in the world where something is too over the top? I don't think mm -hmm. like a mystical swamp is really that much I farther agree. away from that so so we're back to the last bookend of Zuko and Iroh and we we cut back to the man who made fun of Iroh the one who was like oh dance for me fat man um <laughs> and he's just he's walking alone and he feels like someone's watching him and he's kind of creeped out so that creepy energy is coming back he turns around and he sees a figure with the blue mask it's the blue spirit that's attacked him and takes the broadswords. Yeah. And this is like, you know, one of the few episodes that kind of begins and ends with uh, Iroh and Zuko. And 
Um, I do like the fact that in the very beginning we saw that snippet of the blue spirit um, on that car and then we saw the blue spirit at the very end. So we saw really all the characters in the beginning and all the characters at the end. And we also see that Zuko is willing to do things to protect his uncle and that he has a sense of like right and wrong. But we're also left with a bit of cliffhanger of like, I want to know what's going on with Zuko and Iroh now, you know, like I want to see their their parts of the story. So I hope in our next episode we will. Yeah, we'll see. Um, But this is such a fun episode. Yeah, Um, I really liked it. it I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, It's one of my favorite episodes, though. So maybe I'll give it a 4.8 out of 5. I really like that. I just really liked it. I, I've always liked this episode. Um, I know it's not perfect, but yeah, I, I've always liked it. I think I'm going to give it a 4.9. Ooh, look at you. I do. I I, you do like that scary stuff. So it makes sense for you to love this episode. <laughs> um, I just really like that it d- dives deeper into each of their characters. And like we saw that Katara was looking for her mom. Sokka was looking for UA. That was my favorite part yeah. of the episode, I think. And I like that they kept getting separated and coming back together. And the episode structure is really cool. Like the bookends, yeah. the like the silent portion of Momo and um, Appa. I feel like there's a lot of storytelling risks in this. And it's just, yeah, it's just it really works. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like it. For sure. Um, well, anyway, uh, this is our episode. Please, if you know <laughs> anyone that uh, likes the podcast. <laughs> that was, was that awkward? <laughs> It's time Whatever. for us to plead once more. We're pleading like Zuko and Iroh. Please uh, <laughs> like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Um, leave us a review. Please please. A review. It helps so much. <laughs> leave us a review. Um, and and we'll yeah, see we'll you see next you next week. week. Bye. Bye.